All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr., and in front of me is my best friend in the world, Calvin McGowan. Calvin, go ahead and let it go ahead and let the people hear your voice. Um, welcome everybody. Once again, it's a pleasure to be here. I am Calvin McGowan, resident uh Nets hater. So yeah. Wow. Uh that's how we start off. Yeah, look, I, I have accepted it at this point. I put on the smooth, the smooth, silky voice for you, and you want to start off with Nets hate immediately. Like I don't I don't know how we can have this. It's, relationship. I mean, we we had most of this discussion right before we decided to just roll it. So, but everybody, I have accepted at this point that I'm mostly just on the Nets hate bandwagon, and that is okay. Um, You're gonna be sick when we win that title this year. I mean, I'd also probably be sick if I saw a pig flying, but like, I haven't seen one of those yet either. <laughs> You'll see one in come June. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> well, you've been wrong before. It's okay. Undefeated. Uh, Look at my record. We can go back to every podcast. Everything I have ever said has come true. At least in I, my I, You don't even believe that. I don't. I don't. But, you know, <laughs> um, you say the right thing, manifestation, all that good stuff. But, all right, everybody. So... The original plan was um, we have been fortunate enough to uh, get some review copies of a book that we will be reviewing. We, uh, for various reasons, we will not be able to begin reviewing it now. Philip, uh, not placing blame or anything, just saying people who aren't. I here. mean. It also kind of sounds like I'm the only one who read all <laughs> what we needed to read. That's besides the point. Philip is not here to protect himself, so we already have a scapegoat. Come on, man. Come on. Um, but um, but I, ideally, we will be getting into that next week. In the meantime, um, because of the fact that for various reasons... We have not watched as much basketball as we would like to. We will be getting into the. We will be talking about the upcoming NBA draft. Um, Guys, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Calvin is not good at <clears throat> lying or getting himself out of trouble. There's no reason to snitch on yourself before any of this starts, my friend. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the Nets hate? We're talking about specifically the draft uh, and how much basketball you watched. It's a podcast. It, they, it, they don't know. Fair. I just, I just don't feel compelled to lie to people. Look, my mama not going to know the difference between if you lie to her or not, especially when we talk about basketball. Hi, mommy. I love you. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe but, so. I just like, I just don't feel compelled regardless like we know enough about these players to talk about them on some level. Also, I, I'm, it kind of looks like Jairus Walker's stock is going up, and I'm here for that. See, you get it. I'm another person. I expected Jairus Walker to be much higher than where he is on most people's draft boards, to be completely honest with you. Um, you're talking to, about a person who, when they scouted the 2022 class from the time they were freshmen in high school to the time they graduated, I was extremely 
high on this class. This is one of my favorite classes that I've ever got to scout in my entire time doing this. And I've, <clears throat> I've taken it more serious over the last five years, but I've really been doing this since about 2015, just analyzing where players are going to go, how they play, how they fit into NBA systems. But uh, this 2022 class was supposed to be so much better than what it has been so far. Um, I think I got lost in a lot of the tools or what guys could do just simply because they're bigger, stronger, faster than most high school kids. And um, <clears throat> let's go ahead. I just pulled up the NBC sports uh, draft list. We're only going to probably do the lottery picks, maybe top 10. We'll see. I'm kind of lazy. Uh, <clears throat> but the first guy up for NBC Sports going to the Detroit Pistons is Victor Wimbayama. And I'll be real with you. I don't think we need to talk about this guy uh, much. Seven foot four and does all the unicorn stuff that uh, used to get us all jazzed up about big players. Yeah. Granted, we've already documented I'm I'm not as high on him as some other people. Like, I don't think he's bad, like, at all. But I, I don't know. Like, you see the hype, and then, like, you see him in – for me, like, I see the hype, and I see him in action. And, like, it doesn't quite line up, like, on some level for – like, the thing is, he can go, right? I'm not denying that he can go. I, I don't know. Son is shooting floaters from the three-point line. I don't know – what the end game is with this dude, but at the bare minimum, I feel like he is going to he is going to change what we think centers can do for a long time. Like this is the type of prospect that when they pop up for the next ten or so years, that's all draft people and scouts are going to be looking for and asking for for like the next 10 years, which I don't fully get. Like when you see a one-on-one player, maybe you should go look for another one-on-one player instead of hoping for another dude like this to happen. Um, I honestly think it's going to take a minute for him to, to figure out the NBA game. I get that he's dominating in France and has had EuroLeague competition, he ain't he ain't seen nothing like the NBA. And I get if you want to be like, oh, he, he gave the G League Ignite buckets. He gave high schoolers and dudes who have to take mentor roles in the league buckets. He's not going to go up against that every single night with the NBA. It's going to be interesting, but, you know, all the tools. Seven but also four. he's not playing that level, <laughs> that like, that like top like European level of competition this year either. Yeah. That's but that's that's part of the reason why I think it's gonna take him a minute to get accustomed to it. Like this this big boy basketball over here. Like I get he has a significant height advantage on Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon gonna get in that boy chest in that shooting pocket that he got. That's a he he already got a dribble up here, bro. Like it's it's gonna be kind of hard for people not to be able to kind of gauge where he shoots. 
it'll be fun watching him play. But to start the, to start his career, he's going to be on the wrong end of a lot of posters. I I already know. I I hope I hope uh, Anthony Edwards and all them dudes are making like a short list and be like, I see you. <laughs> right. November November fourteenth. That's dunk day. Uh, <clears throat> so number two, Houston Rockets are taking Scoot Henderson. I'm going to be real with you. I have not watched enough G League Ignite basketball to say whatever about Scoot. But for you as a junior, and I mean a dude who was young for his class junior-wise, to look around at the 2022 class and be like, oh, I'm good enough to compete with these dudes. And instead of going to college, I'm going to go over here and play with the grown men. True upside. I'm hearing a lot of John Wall or Russell Westbrook comparisons. <clears throat> I think at this stage in the game, Scoop is a much better passer playmaker than both of those guys. Like Russell Westbrook had to learn how to do that. Um, <clears throat> John Wall always kind of had it, but John Wall's scoring was a bigger factor than his passing. That that took him a minute to become like a 17 to 10 type guy. That being said, I'm always in for a really athletic point guard who's about like 6'3", 6'4". Like that's – if you told me to build a point guard in the lab, is is looking like Scoot Henderson. So I haven't watched enough of his stuff either to really say, but when I did – when I was fortunate enough to watch that game between the Ignite and – uh, the team Wimbenyama is currently on. So, like, granted, I recognize that if you were the number one draft pick at this point, you have no choice but to select Wimbenyama, like, if you're a GM, because not doing it and, like, he becomes what people assume he'll be, which, to be fair, I don't think is super unlikely, but it's not the guarantee I think people think it is. Um like, you will lose your job no matter how good the next dude is. Um, but I I kind of prefer Henderson. Like, just me personally. Um, I feel like, on, on some level, I feel like he's more of a sure thing. Right? Yeah. Granted, there's no such thing as a sure thing for real. But, like, Wimbenyama, for example... There are concerns about him being too tall because, like, dudes that are as tall as him tend not to stay particularly healthy. Um, obviously, Henderson being a foot shorter uh, <laughs> doesn't have that. And he's already, like you said, more or less exactly what you would want to see out of a point guard. Um, that said, I also ho- hope that, like, the Lakers go back to sucking so that the Pelicans can pick him up. Um, mm, dear. You're trying to make a super team. I like the way you think. Because um, that would be a lot of fun. Um, but, like, you know, it's, they're kind of the consensus top two guys. Yeah. Right. Henderson is considered the kind of talent that in any other in just about any other draft, he's going number one. 
Um, and so, kind of, like, kind of regardless of, you know, that fact, like, it'll be fun to see both of, how both of them pan out. Yeah. And I'm, I like and dislike how the media is kind of pitting guys against each other in these draft classes. Like, I feel like Trey Young and Luka Doncic do not have a real relationship where they, like, see each other and talk to each other. I know they had that moment in um, <clears throat> the sophomore game last year, but I don't I don't think they got each other's number. Well, they're doing a really good job of being like, hey, you you know that that move that happened there? Like, they were connected forever, and it's like, okay. And I think we're going to have the same thing with Wimbyama in, uh, in school, even though I don't think those are going to be two dudes that have anything to do with each other long term. Uh, right. Always will be connected, but never are connected. Uh, let's go with number three for the Charlotte Hornets. And I, I really hope this happens. I really do. Because there will be nothing more fun than making LaMelo Ball play off ball while having a 6'7 dude that runs the point guard with him in a man Thompson. Uh, <clears throat> Amen Thompson is actually one of those prospects that broke my heart early on by going to overtime elite. Um, I had just moved to Florida and it was probably like a couple months before basketball season started and he played in Miami <clears throat> along with his twin brother and they both left like months before I got here. So I never really got to see them in person, but um, anytime you see them, it's like, it would be a routine play for anybody else if they weren't who they are. And Amin, he gets all the playing time that you really need from a young point guard at Overtime Elite, even though I can't tell you what kind of actions they run whatsoever. It's it's like elite pickup ball over there, and I don't have an issue with it. I feel like you learn a lot from playing pickup ball, but that's kind of not what they do in the league. So that's going to be like a really interesting switch over for him. But if he can find some place with like another talented guard, uh, I know LaMelo's not really a defender like that, but I, there's something to learn how to play off the ball in considering how much Tom LaMelo has had in his career playing off the ball. I think two guys like this will work really well together plus give them a defensive st- someone with the tools to be a defensive stopper at the next level. I doubt that will happen though, just considering what Charlotte does to players. I don't I don't know what they do, but um it's a weird situation I, over there. I mean, it's Charlotte. They they get they'll get a good player and like just kind of waste them out there for entirely too long. Dude, but outside of Kimba, who else has been good for the Hornets? Well, they used to be the Bobcats. So the answer is pretty much no one. But Who used to be good for the Bobcats? Joe Wallace? Exactly. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I'm just trying to give them the, the benefit of the doubt. Um, and no disrespect to Joe Wallace. Used to use them all the time in 2K. I'm just saying. That's the best your franchise got. 
franchise probably wasn't that hot. Well, of course. Um, all right. So, what about a a, a Sar? Yes. So they have a sore at number four going to the San Antonio Spurs. One thing that I do not fully get about the Thompson twins is as much as people say they have similar games, but don't think they have similar games. And then some people say they have similar athleticism, except a men's just a, as Sam Vecini would say, like more of a quick twitch athlete. But Asur is doing a lot of the same stuff. He's just not. He's just not as dominant. He he truly feels like the one who, when they get drafted and everything goes well, he's probably going to be the one who could have like a better career. Like the minute he comes into the league, I think he's going to have, especially if he goes to the Spurs they're going to have a much better situation than, than that's going on with the Hornets. So when men might rack up the highlights and all the pretty stuff, Asura is going to be the one who's going to get the long-term coaching that he actually needs, probably go to a place that it can help him get a jump shot. And at the bare minimum, Andre Roberson type dude, just be athletic, rebound, and I'm, I'm selling him short. I mean, this is like, if all his other skills go away, at least he can play defensive rebound. And I, anytime you got somebody with this type of size and this type of athleticism, I'm voting on them being pretty good and not like an all-star or anything, just a really solid starter for like the next 10 to 12 years. Um, okay, legit question. Okay. As I'm thinking about it, are, and this is just because I have not been fortunate enough to really see them go, are they as good as advertised? They're as athletic as advertised. Um, So I think one of the issues that I have in evaluating them, they've played together pretty much all this time. And in just about every situation, Amin is the point guard. Asur is more of the off guard. There are times where I see Asur with the ball in his hands where he does point guard stuff. So it makes me wonder, does he have a little bit more juice than what he's showing right now just because of the role he's had to play pretty much all his life? And then when you ask everybody down here, like in Florida, or you see stuff come out from like their camp with like their parents and whatnot. Um, if you classify them as a wing, somebody's probably going to get upset. And it's like, no, these are just giant guards, which I don't fully believe in. Like, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of six seven dudes that legitimately play point guard and are legitimately point guards. Just by sheer size alone, you're you automatically become more than that. Um, and I think Asur has kind of gained a lot of that. I know how to play off the ball type stuff outside of being able to shoot. And I'm pretty sure he'll figure that out whenever the jump shot comes through. 
weird note, these boys is about to be 20. And I know that's not like old, but when we're talking about like high lottery picks, it feels old. I can't think of the last time we had like a 20 year old going to top five. Ja? Ja was 20, huh? Yeah, outside of jaw. Um, outside of jaw, um, I would have to look. I'm not sure. I think Chet was a little old, but I don't know if Chet was 20. No, I don't think he. I don't think he was 20 either. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and move on. Number five, the Orlando Magic select Karen Whitmore. This is one of those that I would really like to happen even though I have no idea how he fits in this uh, team. Like, Cam Whitmore would be the... Cam Whitmore would probably be the weirdest pick for Orlando Magic, just thinking about what they've done over the last 10 years draft-wise. It's long, lanky dudes. And that's not what Cam Whitmore is. He's 6'6", 200 pounds. He's a... He's a, I guess that's, he's a dump yeah. truck. He's a, he's a big athletic dump truck that can run through you and legitimately shoot the three. Really high on Whitmore. Uh, I think if he had less injuries, we're probably talking, I know this isn't a giant move. He'd probably be number four over a sore for me. Mm. Um, I'm just, I like what I, what I see from dude in, I think a part of athleticism that goes undervalued is strength. And he's strong, strong. Like he's he's grown man strong already while still needing to iron out some of his game. And I think that is is perfect for Buddy. Like and I, I don't I don't like the magic fit too much, but it gives me the same type of energy that Paolo's getting, where he's just Stronger than just about everybody he's facing in the league. I see Whitmore having the same thing. I just don't know how he is going to fit whatsoever for the Magic. I mean, I'm not sure how any of the Magic players fit together. So, it's on brand. (laughs) You know... Shout out to Jock Bond and that entire uh, coaching staff over there because they they clearly know how to make these boys work in some way, shape, or fashion. All right. Next guy up is Anthony Black. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think this is really high for Anthony Black. I get that he's had um, some great moments this season. He's put up really good numbers early show that he has a little bit of takeover ability. I don't think he shoots well enough. I don't think he handles well enough to be any type of primary or like lead guard at the next level. I think that's he's going to have to change those drastically for that to look. But I do think he's a great connector piece. He's six seven. He's tough. He's athletic. He used to be a four star wide receiver commit before he was like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna hoop." Um, 
So he has like all the size, the strength, the toughness that you would like in a wing player. Plus the passing just makes him a really interesting piece. Now, as far as play, taking him six overall, I think you could do better. No offense to Anthony Black or anybody. I love watching him play at Capello over those last four years, last three years, and then playing with um, with Duncanville. I just think the roles that he's played as you can see a difference between when he's the first option and when he's the third option. You can put some really incredible dudes around Anthony Black, and he's still going to give you everything that you you need. When you make him your number one, you're asking him to do things he doesn't exactly do naturally, and it's kind of the reason why you're seeing some of the issues that he's having right now with Arkansas. The less talent that's around him, the more he has to work, and that's where you see some of those holes in this game. Outside of that, I think I think kid's good. I just did not expect for him to be a lottery pick. So, especially not this early. I think with his case, because while like I haven't watched as many Arkansas games as I had intended to prior to the season starting, I did watch some of their games when they like travel, like the, the, like their travel games overseas yeah. or whatever. Um, and well, what I will say is like I feel like right as far as you're concerned with him, we get into the whole thing of like people overvaluing right the tools that people show than necessarily what they can do. Also, it kind of sounded like you were describing uh, Lonzo Ball. Hmm. Um, when you were talking about him to, in, like, to me, um, but, like, just statistically, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how he's looked since the season has started. I know that, right, him and a lot of the other Arkansas players, when I got to see those handful of games right early in their time together as a team, didn't particularly wow me. Like, I'd kind of assumed they would. Um, right, statistically, right, his three ball isn't great, but it's not awful. It's not unfixable. It's right at 33%, right, just a hair under, which isn't an amazing three-point shot, but you can work with it. Um, that said, right, yes, he's, he's like he's averaging, what, four assists a game right at? with three turnovers, which isn't quite what you would like to see. But, but, okay, that brings up a question. In your opinion, right, how good is he at, like, processing and thinking through the game? I think he's, I think he's really good, as long as you're not asking him to, like, if you're asking him to be the beginning, middle, and end of a play, you're asking a lot. If you're asking him to be the middle and maybe the end, or, or shoot, if you're as long as you're asking him to be one, two of the three, he's really good at that. If you're asking him to be the whole thing, no. Like he can get you, he can start your offense, he can initiate you with the uh with the pass, he can even set a screen for you. He can finish the ball, but if you ask him to do all three on the same play, 
you gotta you gotta be okay with what happens. Okay. Um. All right. So next up, we talk about Brandon Miller, a dude who has spent basically his entire year climbing up draft boards. Um, and a dude who. Uh, I I continue to feel like I I just feel differently about him than other people. Even mm. though like like I see the, I like I see the stats. I'm not stupid. Like I see the stats. He puts up he, like he has some absolutely wild scoring nights, right? Like the stuff where it's like his career is over and they're just and like they're going through like the highlights, like just his entire like basketball career in like the public eye. For real. And, like, they're talking about those games. Um, but, right, when I talk to you and, like, I watch him, like, when, I, when I've when i gotten to watch a couple of his games, he is, he's shown, like, he, he kind of still has some of the same issues, like, I felt like he had when I first watched him at the end of his junior year. Right, like, not really able to like get loose and kind of create his own shot. The handle is not awful, but like it's not like it's not amazing. Um but he's six nine and can shoot over the top of dudes. And like he can work if like he's already in the spot or like you make sure or like he does the work early. Yeah. Um I'm not sure how I feel about him. Potentially, like we have, like they have him here going to the Raptors at number seven. Like it's, it's definitely on brand for the Raptors at the moment. Um, but like, correct me if I'm wrong. He's not the only dude like that on the Raptors. Well, give or take some defense, I guess. I'm not sure how. How do you feel about his defense? Because I, it exists to me. I'll be honest with you, 6'9", if you're decently strong, as long as you're not stupid or lazy, you should be a good defender, or at least a solid one. If you say so. Yeah. I'm not not worried about his defense. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be a good enough scorer where – for somebody that's the third or fourth option, you can be a a bit lazy on defense. Not super bad. And I think you're going to be looking at a different type of defensive player when he gets to the NBA. Alabama's the Brandon Miller show so far. Mm-hmm. He has to do as much as possible on the offensive end to keep them alive. Defensively, I'm kind of okay with you being shoddy when you were the number one option. Right. The Raptors are not going to give him that option. Like, everybody on the Raptors can play some sort of defense. And I think the way they play defense as a team is going to be perfect for Buddy. Um, He's 6'9", not crazy long. When you got to do like Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam in the front court with you, it's okay to be the dude with the who's six foot nine with a six foot nine wingspan. You got some people that can kind of look out for you. Um, but I, Brandon Miller is one of those people who 
is slotted much higher than I thought he would be after watching him the last couple years. Um, does struggle to create a sh- shot a little bit. But when you're six foot nine, I don't think we really have an issue. At the worst, at the absolute worst, I think we're looking at the Tobias Harris type of guy. Okay. You ask him to get 20, he's going to get you 15. You ask him to get 10, he's going to get 15. Like, I think this is the type of dude that we're looking at here with adequate to maybe positive defense. Like, I saw some people compare him to John Wall. I'm not John Wall, but uh, Paul George. I don't see that. I don't see that at all for, for Brandon Miller. Like, part of the reason why I like Paul George's game is because of how smooth he is with the ball. And I don't really see that with Brandon Miller right now. Um, could he turn into it eventually? Sure, why not? Paul, Paul George took a minute to become an offensive dynamo. But uh, their play styles are so different right now. Okay. All, All right. right. Next up, Nick Smith, another kid playing for Arkansas. Uh, he's been hurt, though. He has. He has. Um, I saw Nick Smith live at last year's City of Palm. Uh, elite, difficult shot maker. Uh, I do not see what people see in the athleticism. He's solid. Like he's he not gonna he not gonna posterize nobody. He's he's more likely to make a really crafty or tough layup than dunk on you. Um, but he gets to his spots really well. He's quick, solid ball handler. I would put him more as like a a scoring guard than I would as like a point guard or anything at this point. Mm-hmm. I probably I throw this comparison around often, especially for dudes that can really create in the mid range. But uh, he gives me Lou Will vibes. Like he he can just go be a bucket. I don't know what he gives you on the defensive end. I haven't really seen enough of that on the college level. Shoot, I didn't see enough of that from the high school level. Like, I thought with his quickness, he'd at least be a dude that's three, four steals a game. I don't think I watched a game where he had more than three. Um, I'm I'm not as high on Nick Smith as most people are. Like, not even in college. Like, at some point, he became, like, the number one overall prospect. I think there's other dudes that could fit the bill a little bit better. But um, one thing I am seeing, especially with the high school scouts, they lean towards a guard that can really score. And um, Nick Smith can do that just not well enough for me to be like, oh, this is a done deal. Okay. Um, So at the moment, also not really sure how to feel about him, right? The handful of games he's played at Arkansas against, you know, the D1 competition. He's scored, but it hasn't been what anybody would consider efficient. Um, but, you know, kind of presumably kind of working back from injury. Um, when 
When, so I'm also not entirely sure how the defense holds up, but I've seen what little I've been fortunate enough to see of him would suggest that like the the potential at least is there for him to be a solid defender. Whether or not he can be one consistently is especially right when we get to like the NBA level is a separate question that I don't have good answers for at the moment. Um, but like, I like him. I'm not sure if I like him as much as like some dudes we're going to talk about, like that I know are coming up further down here. Um, but like, I, I think he's a good player. I get why, particularly like you said, because he's kind of crafty, why an injury wouldn't like immediately like tank his draft stock. Um, but he's, you know, kind of, it kind of remains to be seen how yeah. good he, how good he can consistently be. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm, I'll be real with you. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> if I was yeah. a GM, I'm like, mm, I'll, I'll just get birth on the back end. But uh, our next guy up is somebody who I thought would be much higher at this point, especially after what he did at IMG his senior year, and that's Jarris Walker. Uh, Jarris Walker has been 6'8", 240 pounds since he was an eighth grader. Like, that is a grown man who has grown man strength because he's had to carry a grown man body for the past five years. And I'm glad that everybody else is kind of like catching up on buddy um they went number nine puts him in there with the magic and this is another dude who i'm kind of like this it makes a little bit more sense but it's also kind of like i have no idea how this is actually gonna work um okay he can do Mm -hmm. oh i'm sorry You, you wanted to finish no keep going okay um so everybody this is a player that both me and alan like a lot he's one of my favorite players in this upcoming draft and he's playing for one of my favorite coaches in college basketball like a perfect fit like walker clearly loves playing defense and he is very very good at it playing for a defensive-minded coach on top of that as of late he really kind he's really beginning to kind of come into his own on the offensive side of the ball, right? That athleticism, some of the flashes and stuff we got to see at IMG really seems to be getting to kind of come together. Um, He is a player that, if I'm completely honest, I would take over a number of dudes currently slotted ahead of him. Like who? Like who? (laughs) Smith. Honestly, I I like him more than Miller, like, which is probably, I like him more than Black. Like, I'm not sure how I feel about Winmore. And when I'm not sure about a dude, I I take the dude I'm sure about over them just because, like, I know, it's like, I I know I like you and you can go. Um, I'm not going to say the Thompsons just because I haven't seen them play. Um, but like he has the potential to be, in my opinion, he has the potential to be a very high level two way player, right? 
worst case scenario, he is the best defender on a very good team. Um, right? He will be big enough and athletic enough to guard all five positions. And, like, I think he will, if he's not there now, he'll become good enough to, like, not just, like, guard them, but play, like, lockdown defense um, on whoever you put him up against. Like, he he will be one of those dudes who's ha- who's, whose job is to guard the best player on the other team night in and night out. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love good defense. This is, this should be a known fact at this point. And he plays amazing defense. And I have, and I in general have more confidence in good defensive players to figure out offense than I have in good offensive players to figure out defense, like as a group. Um, So like, I would feel he is more of a sure thing than some of the other dudes we've talked about who are like, we're not sure the defense is quite there or whatever. Um, Like, he's going to be one of the, I feel like he's going to be a dude who's going to get, who might get drafted lower than he should and then, like, people are going to see him, and it's just like, oh, he's a steal. And it's just like, folks just won't, weren't paying attention. Folks like folks fell in love with the offensive potential of other players a bit more, like, relative to him a bit more than they probably should have, right? Like, how I see people talking about Jalen Duran um, now. It's like, oh, why did he go so low? He went so low because, like, yeah, like y'all weren't paying attention. But I think the two biggest things that are hindering draft draft prospects from going where they actually should. One, we carry we put too much weight on your ability to score, where nine times out of ten, if you go to the league, your job isn't to score. So it doesn't really matter how much offensive potential you have. Um, the second one, we, let me not say we, because I don't have a GM job. <clears throat> the NBA tends to like run away from either tweeners or like pure bigs where like, there's probably not going to be much upside of you shooting, but it doesn't matter, especially with a dude like, Walker, like he's one of those people who he reminds me of a six eight PJ Tucker. Think about it. What does PJ Tucker do well? Um, corner threes and defense. I think at some point Walker is going to be an league average three point shooter from the corner. And unlike P.J. Tucker, he's going to legitimately be able to guard three to four positions while being 6'8". In P.J. Tucker's defense, he did. He was able to cook a little bit offensively at one point in his career. It's been a while. Exactly. But he was he was doing that as a 6'5", power forward. Jarris Walker is 6'8". I don't... I don't think people I, are... Like, we... This is a this is an NFL defensive end who decided to play basketball. 
we should be really excited for what he can do defensively. Like, I think also, like, the thing is, though, I feel, granted, I like him a lot. And so, like, keeping in mind my biases, because he ticks a lot of those boxes. But, like, it's just, like, I feel like, well, the thing is, right, he's currently considered a power forward. But, like, if he becomes as good on offense as, like, I think he has the potential to be, which, to be fair, I'm not quite sure that's number one option. Like, I'm not sure he'll ever be, like, the number one option. But, like, it won't matter that much because he's the ghost. Like, he's the dude you call up when you need to get a defensive stop. And, like, he could, I think he could probably be, like, a solid second option on offense. But, like, he's, um, like, he'd be good enough. Like, you know, you know how people, how the league does players, right? Like, if you're, like, if a power forward is good enough, he becomes a, like, if power forward or a shooting guard is good enough, they become a three. Yeah. In the league. Like he like I think he will spend a lot of his career in the league as a three. More so than a four. Mm. I um, see, we'll see. I could see a three on defense. I don't think the handle's gonna be there for him to like be doing dribble moves. Like if I see this man do an in in and out crossover at some point during his career in like an ISO, I'm like, hmm. You sure like, does, he, does he does, does he need handles like that though? Like every three is not tasked with handling the ball. Okay, if you if you're talking about him being like a standstill shooter, yes. Like now, if you think this guy about to take two dribbles and get to a shot, like mm. high level cutter, right? Um, as he like figures out offense, becomes a smarter offensive player. He'll be like when he can when he recognizes situation. He'll be like I definitely think he'll be fast enough, quick enough to blow by other dudes his size without too much issue. Um, okay. I, I have to look more. I'm, I'm not sure how much of a post-game he'll ever get, just the nature of the league, if nothing else. Um, but he'll be, you know, athletic enough, strong enough to at least take advantage of the mismatches when they arise. Um, I... I have no idea why the Ma- – well, no, no, no. That's a lie. I know why the Magic should pick him up because they just need good players um, and at some point to just figure out what they're trying to do with their roster. Um, but I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see him somewhere else beside the Magic. Um, yeah. Like almost anywhere else just because I'm not – like. Not because like oh I think the Magic is an awful team to be at, but I just not, I I just have no idea what they're trying to do, and I'm not sure they know either. Like they're just like we're just gonna pile up talent and figure it out later. They haven't known since the White left almost ten plus years ago, so it is what it is I, with them at this. I was point, trying bro. to be nice. Hey, look, as a as a fan of a poverty stricken franchise, one thing they could do is. They make magic. I'll go. I'll go with that. They put an entertaining product on the court. Been that way for years. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the number ten pick with New Orleans Pelicans in the Dallas native Casey Wallace. I want to be real with you guys. 
In 2018, when I saw Case and Wallace for the first time, if you told me there's a chance that this is going to be a first-round pick just based off of the game that I saw you saw of him early as a high school player, I would not have believed you. But um, <clears throat> looking at a six-foot-four combo guard who's strong as ever, and his calling card is defense. Um, I think I said this once earlier when we talked when we initially initially talked about the 2022 class um if there is a marcus smart clone roaming around these streets is him he's tough he's gonna go at you the entire game on defense um <clears throat> the only freshman to stay on the court during that michigan state double overtime game and there's a reason dude was really smart uh i saw some people say Drew Holiday level defense. Drew Holiday is like one of those defensive gods that I don't even mind like comparing people to. Marcus Smart, on the other hand, I get it. One defensive player of the year, he is somebody that can play that role and probably already has him in his back pocket as a mentor type guy. Um, Kentucky, again, is one of those places where I feel like if you really want to shine, don't go to Kentucky. If you want to know how to play a role, go to Kentucky. I'm not sure what that role will be for some players. Uh, you kind of have to bring your own skill set in for that. But uh, I like Kaysen. Don't know if I like Kaysen this high for what I think he could give you in the league. Like the, the offense just isn't really there. But um if we can get him to like 10 to 12 points and he's guarding one of your best perimeter defenders, it don't really matter. Okay. Um, not too, I don't have a whole lot to say about him. He's like, the thing is he clearly checks a lot of boxes that people like, right? Currently shooting 40% from deep on the year right off. Decent volume, about four and a half shots a game. Um, right, two steals. Like, outside of free throw shooting, which he's a surprisingly poor free throw shooter, given the three-point shooting numbers. Um, he's, like, it looks like a lot of what he does should be able to translate. Yeah, I agree with you on that. We'll... we'll <clears throat> We'll go ahead and knock out these next couple uh, guys pretty quick. Number 11, we got Keontae George. Guys, if you've been following this podcast for any amount of time, you know my love for Keontae George. Um, pretty much any knock that I had against him at some point in college, well, throughout his high school career, he has completely flipped it on his head. I thought he was a bit selfish. He's not. He knows how to pass the ball. He knows how to get his teammates involved. I didn't think he always had the best attitude on the court. And I think that was more situational. I think he was frustrated by the level of talent that was around him um, his early years in college. I did not see that at all at IMG. He looked really happy at IMG. He looks really happy with Baylor. He's smiling all over the court. And I didn't think he would be able to play off ball as well as he does. 
but I guess when you're a jump shooter, it tends to translate over there with you. Plus, he's showing that he does have a little bit of point guard skills. But if there is one person in this draft class who's like stuck in between positions, it is definitely Keontae George. And I don't think that matters in the league anymore. Uh, as long as you can score and you can initiate a little bit of offense, you're not going to have an issue at all. I see some people saying they think he's going to switch more over to the point guard position. I don't fully see why you would want to do that. Um, I told you I use this one often. He could do Lou Will things. It's the offense dude that can also run a little bit of point. I think it's kind of easy. I so right. Obviously, he's at Baylor at this point. I remember he says I wasn't sure about his defense when I got when the couple times I got to see him in high school. But like it's Baylor, um, they don't let you play bad defense. Um, but I think that the thing with like the the point guard thing is right. Like why. Every dude who's kind of an undersized two guard, they're like, oh, I think he's going to transition a point, is because like 6'4 is a better height for a point guard than it is for a two. Like, it's in fairness, I think, I think that on some level, height stuff is a bit overblown, like a little overvalued. Um, but, um, like, like you said, like, I'm not really sure why you would move him to the... Like, he, he's never given me, like, point guard vibes. Like, it's not a knock. It just, it's just, like, I don't think it's about the game. Like, he just doesn't process the game like that. It, look, he's like most kids his age. Bucket. I'm just going to go get this bucket and... Occasionally, there's a play to be made in between getting this bucket. Uh, <clears throat> number 12 for the Portland Trail Blazers. Shout out to Percy. I know you would absolutely love this dude, even though you have no idea who he is right now. But we talking about Grady Big Bad. Yeah, that's the, that's the uh, nickname I'm getting, giving him. Big Bad Dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to, bro. Oh, but no. Big Bad is one of my favorite players in this draft, yo. I'm not going to lie to you. When you when you combine a little bit of athleticism, six foot eight and shooter, I'm kind of in there. Like, I I keep hearing people say they're going to pick on him on, on defense. Yeah, they're going to pick on him on defense. They pick on everybody on defense. They usually find the weakest link on a team and go after that person. That either means you're small or not very athletic. Where things look different. It also just mean you're just the worst defender on the floor. True, true. Let's Fairness, say, I don't mean you're bad. It's just like... Other people like, are better than you. Yeah. <laughs> look, and there's going to be a chance that that's the case for Grady Dick. Unlike most of the people who we know are just bad defenders, he can move his feet a little bit. And he's 6'8", 
this isn't going to be a walk in the park for you to just take advantage of this dude. Pretty sure they're already doing it. But it's usually the best scorer taking advantage of this particular person. I do not think you're going to be the third option and look at Grady Dick in his face and be like, yeah, no, boy, this is this is this is lunch money. Like, no offense to JJ Reddick. He's not JJ JJ Reddick. He's bigger, more athletic than JJ Reddick. I got a lot of I got a lot of hope in Grady Dick. Like this is this is the one. All right, so I also like him a lot, right? This is another one we agree on a fair bit. Um, and like something you've mentioned off the podcast, it's it's nice, right, when like you were like, oh, this this player is good, and like you get to see other people realize, oh, he can actually like he he can actually go. Um, and right, that's kind of been the case with Grady Dick is he's also begun to move up uh like draft boards right he's also another dude like walker who i would take it like just me like i would take over various other players one of the one of the advantages of like him in particular um is like like when when picking him is like he's the kind of player who should be able to fit and have a clear role pretty much wherever he lands um right he's a high level three-point shooter um plays his played surprisingly solid defense um since he's been at kansas moves well off the ball um i feel like he's a player where at least as he exists right it's also it's always possible that dudes become different players when they get into the league but he projects at the moment to be the kind of dude where even if you look up and he has first option level talent, the skill set is still kind of like this, like the second option, like he would benefit from a dude to play off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but where right as part of a duo, like you, you're not really going to have answers for him. Um, right. The effort is there. Um, the athleticism is there. And like I've seen folks be like, oh, he's a sneaky athlete. Like it's not sneaky. He just only he only really uses it like every three games. <laughs> if, if he's not a sneaky athlete, you're just being discriminatory because he's white. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> there were there were I can think of three players right now at the high school level that people consider sneaky athletes. And it's not sneaky at all you just don't expect it because of the way they look and i feel like that's that's what i've been hearing this entire season about grady dick he's he's not a great athlete most people aren't great athletes but anytime you jump outside of the lane and you finish on the other side of the backboard for a reverse layup and you're still in the air you're kind of a good athlete like i don't He's as, like he's as good as an athlete as just about anybody in the class. Like, um, he, he might be an average to below average NBA athlete. At worst, like the thing. So if I was gonna be like, oh, criticisms and whatever, like he's his handle. I don't think his handle is great, though. Like it's like I think it's 
probably improved, right? It's it's not great. And, you know, the all too common refrain that like applies to just about everybody we've mentioned to this point, except Walker, right? He needs to add, you know, weight and strength, but like most dudes coming out of college need to put on, like need to put on some weight. Like I'm not, like, I don't consider that a serious concern unless you're like built like Chet Holmgren which was an unnecessary shot fired, but, like, you get the point I'm trying to make. Uh, not an unnecessary shot fired. We we all know how small that kid was. He is. Um, but, like, Grady Dick is going to be... I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, Actually, Portland could use a dude like him right now. As, especially with all those young guards they got, like you, you pick whichever one that you really want to be your primary, and then you have that monster just yeah. in the wings. Yeah, I don't <clears throat> like if if he can if he can get in if he can get working his way into a starting role, he's gonna eat all season long, like his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, uh, he. He is also going to be snack time for a lot of NBA players. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, but at least he can get better on defense. I mean, honestly, I think you can say that about just about everybody that plays for the for Portland right now. And most of them boys is most of them boys is lunch money at this point. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, let, let's move on to something a little less depressing. Uh, the Utah Jazz. I, are Utah Jazz? Are they uh, they not a playoff team no more? Let me look. Um, I think I, they haven't been as successful since people updated the scouting report. <laughs> um, but let, let me double check because I I haven't kept up too much other than like Conley. And I think a couple other dudes have been in trade rumors. Yeah. Like they're they're sitting uh on the like they're they're they'd be the last team in the play in at the moment. Got you. Okay. <clears throat> uh so for the Utah Jazz, they would come in at number thirteen, they would pick up Jet Howard, who I like and did not expect to become a first round draft pick. This soon, um, <clears throat> watching him at IMG, big, pretty, athletic scoring guard. He's not gonna blow you up, blow you away athleticism. But we're talking about it, average to below average NBA athlete, um, a dude that can score just about at all three levels pretty proficiently every night. Um, Michigan kind of gave him the offense early and was like, run with it. And I'm not mad because I would love to go play for my father too and still kind of be the man. Or actually, this is outside of being that. Ooh, shoot, even when he was at university school, he wasn't the man because they had other people over him. But seeing the full offensive repertoire is really nice. Um, yeah, just did not expect for him to jump up this high this soon. Thought he was really going to be like a, a two year guy. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about him, but again, he's one of those dudes who, for a lot of people, like he ticks the boxes that a lot of people have. 
right? You know, fairly efficient, right? Good three-point shooter, big. Um, he's a very confident player. Yeah. And, you know, it's not totally unwarranted. Um, like, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about him, right? He's a big, like, at the moment, he's a big part of their offense, right? I'm, but also, Michigan hasn't been that great this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, like, we'll see how it pans out ultimately. Mm. Uh, and, and Jay Howard got some of that um <clears throat> that hot head in him. Uh, yeah. Like I, I've seen him like celebrate after doing something where it's kinda like, ooh, boy, you should get a technical. But they're not gonna give you a technical. But you know you in a normal high school game, that's the tech, my boy. All right. Good thing he's not in high school no more then, isn't it? Bro, this was in high school. I wanna oh. say when I saw him at um City of Palms, like he made like I want to say it was the championship game. He made like three back to back buckets, and after mm-hmm. each bucket, he like he was coming back cussing, like like not flowing at the mouth, but you know when you you're like really excited, and that little spit come out. And it's like oh, you you fiery. It's like can you fight though? I'm not I'm not asking if you're trying to fight. I just want to know can you fight? Because the way you acted, you might need to learn how to fight. <laughs> All right, and at the end of the lottery is going to be Maxwell Lewis. I don't know nothing about Maxwell Lewis. Okay, <laughs> the only thing so I can think. <laughs> he's okay. So first off, let's get this one out of the way. Pepperdine is not what you would call good at the <laughs> moment. Um, that said, he he got like the numbers. I, I don't know what the eye test looks like. I haven't watched Pepperdine basketball, but like his numbers look good, right? After a solid freshman year, he's he's the guy, yeah. Right, averaging eighteen point seven per game points per game, right at six rebounds, two point seven assists, right off fifty percent shooting, forty percent from deep. Um, right, he's got good size. Uh, it's six seven, not the heaviest dude, like not not the biggest dude in the world, but that's that's fine. Um, also, not the first mid-major player like we've seen have good years and then go on to you know solid basketball career, like solid NBA careers. Yeah. Um, but you know the whole thing that can. This is another thing I feel is a little overblown. They talk about, like, the level of competition you play at. Um, even though, like, it it doesn't quite matter like that when projecting to the NBA. Like, it matters, but it, like, doesn't. Like, if you can go against the best players, you can go against the best players. But, um, like, he, like, he kind of fits the bill of, like, the prototypical dude you would like look like NBA scouts look for, right? The size, three-point shooting. Um right. 
like being an efficient scorer. Um, and who be projected to go to? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro, I, I don't like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> I Bro, this is the. I think outside of the Spurs, this is the only team that I can think of that has pretty much stood the test of time for almost 10 years. I guess 10 years is going a little far, but it's it's almost been 10 years. It's, it's been at least seven. Um, but I will say, it's like I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about their player development on the whole, like the Warriors. Um, but like, if like he goes to the Warriors, like just hypothetically, if he goes to the Warriors, right, and like becomes one of those guys, I'm gonna be absolutely sick. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Look, I'm not sure what to say about Golden State as of yet because they're still pretty much in that first phase of we still have our superstars and it doesn't look like any of those younger guys that they drafted are even ready to make like a contribution Mm -hmm. but i still feel like they got three more years with a big three where their big three is still like somewhat formidable and hopefully the boys can catch up in them three years. But it's just, it's not fair. It's not fair. Uh, <clears throat> but we about to get into a whole new podcast if we start complaining about the uh, Golden State Warriors. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank um, you guys so much for t- uh, sticking with us. Okay, we're just going to, oh, we were just going to do the uh, the lottery players. Or like, we're already at a decent time, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And don't, nobody cares about anybody after the lottery anyway. At least not in January. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of the Traveling Hoopers. I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me is my best friend in the world, Calvin McGowan, and he's going to go ahead and sign us out. Um, once again, everybody, thank you for sticking with us here to the end. If you're joining us on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, leave something to comment. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week while I sit here for a moment and I'm kind of stunned at who they have going outside the lottery. Yeah. Yeah.